Hello and welcome to another episode of Roy's Rants. I believe this is season three, episode five. I am here with my co-host, Alex, aka Charles Ross. How we doing today? Um, I'm pretty good. Uh, still kind of waking up. Had a late night at work. Uh, you know, lots of people get real hungry at 1.30 in the morning. Uh, I remember working the night shift. In fact, um, occasionally my side job will throw in a closing shift. And I'm kind of like, I hate when you do that because I'm going to be up at 1 o'clock at night and I'm going to want to eat. And, uh, of course, I'm going to feel like garbage the next day. <laughs> Um, lately it's been morning and mid shifts, but well, you know, I'm sure I'll have a night shift sooner or later in my life. Uh, we have, um, we're going to have an interesting talk today, but first, um, well, I, I need to figure out what I'm going to name today's episode. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of calling it Roy's Rants Role Reversals, um, because I feel like Roy's Rants Gender Bending is going to tick off a lot of people. I mean, I, I don't have a lot of listeners. I, you know, a small little cadre of listeners, but, um, you know, they'll, they'll probably, I, I can't wait to hear the, oh, now you're really woke, Roy. And I'll be like, hey, it was Alex's uh, plan. I, uh, right. Hey, <laughs> uh, you know, I was thinking about, I was thinking about like a couple, uh, a couple days ago and I was just like, God, I hope I don't come off as like a dick. Like, I hope I can make my <laughs> point well enough because <laughs> I mean, it's the internet and i've thought about making a video on this on youtube and i'm like there's no way i could do that and this has to be some sort of discussion because if you make like a five to ten minute video you can't properly convey all of your points like you could if you're actually just talking to somebody as opposed to just a camera you know yeah i mean i will say this in this day and age of tiktoks and twitters and I guess you don't call them exes or whatever, but uh, you know, in this day and age of most people wanting to hear their message in under like 30 seconds, um, it's nice to occasionally see someone go, Hey, let's, let's actually have a full discussion about something. Now I, I must say we can't be on here for two hours. Like we did the other day. I got stuff to do, man. I got, I'm painting action figures. I'm doing doodles. I've got all sorts of things going on today, but we'll, uh, we'll give it its uh, due diligence before we start though. I did want to throw this uh, this little tidbit at you. Well, two tidbits. One, um, my my uh, family podcast from our couch. We have actually figured out how to record with real recording equipment, like a real studio um, in house. Uh, I just got to figure out a way to like work you into that. So I want to kind of improve the quality of the sound. I got I got to do some figure. I'm not the biggest tech guru sound editor engineer genius so um just just little baby steps to some things but we're still gonna we're gonna do our little uh thing here just you and i for a little while still before we we go to like professional sound but there there are steps being made um, awesome. yeah uh they just recorded a podcast last night with um the winner of big brother uh 25 last night um so that was kind of interesting uh and two this is this is something i think um you'll get a kick out of um it has come to my attention within the last week that the publishers of the video game love live exclamation point school idol festival 2 miracle live exclamation point 
uh, did a um, did a launch announcement that they were going to launch in February. But in the same tweet, the very same tweet, they're closing their doors in May. <laughs> Interesting. I what is the game plan there? What what are they thinking? <clears throat> I, I I have never heard of a. I mean, we have seen games uh, close within a year lately, especially like a lot of these. Big MMO microtransaction fill wasteland yeah. games. Yeah, I think we're gonna see like the Suicide Squad game that just came out that everybody's hating on and probably rightfully so, which I've heard nothing but bad things about. Well, the, uh, yeah, that I wouldn't be surprised. The day it launched, it glitched so bad that when you started up the game, it put you in the last chapter of the game with like full powers and weapons and stuff, and you got to see the end of the game. And, and 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 you can't even play the game like offline. Like even if you're just playing by yourself, you have to be connected to the internet. It's like how dumb is that? Yeah. So, has Rockstar have a management shift recently, or were they? Yeah, like yes, they have. Yes, okay. they have. And I guess this is the result of that. Yeah, it's pretty clear. Like I, I love when a company like buys out another company because they're like, oh, that company's profitable. I want it. And then they go. I don't like how you operate things. I want you to change and be like all the other companies that don't make money. Um, but but there's a reason why we're pro- we we do well, is we do things the way we do them. Nah, do it do it the way EA does it. Do it do it the way Ubisoft does it. Yeah, but like every game Ubisoft puts out, like like they've literally had to come out and say we're not going to do any more games of this genre for five years because obviously we have squ- we squoze all the blood out of that stone. Yeah, I don't care. Follow that. And then it fails. And that executive will blame everyone else but themselves. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's certainly something. But yeah, this this game <laughs> they, they they they've made a Now apparently it's been in Japan for like a year. Um but their announcement for for America is like, "Yeah, we're coming out in February." Hey, today's February. Um but uh, we'll be gone in three months. So why would I buy your game or, you know, do microtransactions or whatever? That makes just no damn sense. But uh, yeah, the, the name of the game, if anyone's interested, you got limited time. Don't be listening to this podcast in three months. If you are not listening to this between the the era of February 2024 and May 2024. Do not do this. Um, look up Love Live! Exclamation point, school Idol Festival 2 Miracle Live! Exclamation point. What the hell? <laughs> it's, it's like... Um, so, like, Transformers in Japan was called Super Robot Life Force Transformers. It's like, you could have just called it Transformers, man. <laughs> Uh, the Japanese. But anyways, today uh, we are going to discuss uh, gender swaps uh, in pop culture. Oh, and race swapping uh, too. Are, oh, race swapping. I didn't do any. I didn't do any research for race swapping. But damn, I can talk about a few things, obviously, off the top of my head. But I'm gonna I'm gonna have Alex kind of lead the charge on this one. This was his baby. <coughs> um, 
and I will bounce in with some, I, I have a few things I looked up and things I want to talk about if he doesn't catch them, which I'm sure he's probably going to be on the same level as uh, me on this one, but uh, go ahead, take it away. Um, so it's like, it's a pretty obvious that fans can be pretty passionate, <laughs> right? Like yes. that's not a new thing. Well, I mean, people flipped out when there was a blonde James Bond with blue eyes and, Turned out he was great. Some of the movies weren't always the best, but he was consistently great as Bond. Um, and, you know, look, I don't really lose sleep over this kind of stuff. I, I, I either see the movie or I don't see the movie, and it kind of depends on what the attitude around the project is. Mm -hmm. um, like, if the actor that you hire for your project doesn't care about the source material and, like, belittles it, you know, I think I find that a little off-putting. Um, uh, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why would you hire somebody to play, like, let's say if, like, they hired, like, when James Gunn hired Corn, uh, David Cornsweat, and he's like, yeah, Superman kind of sucks, so, <laughs> but, you know, I'm in it for the paycheck. <laughs> well, I, I mean, a perfect example of a movie that flopped and flopped hard with a creator who was like, don't look at the source material was Josh Trank's Fantastic Four. Right, yeah. Like, he specifically told the actress who played um, Sue Storm, which unfortunately I can't remember the name at the time, um, to not look at any of the material, that it was not important, um, that he was going, like, they hired him to film a body horror movie, which is not the essence of a Fantastic Four. Yes, they go into transformations, but that's not the focus. And uh, that movie is garbage, and everyone had a miserable time making it. So you are correct that, like, if you're you're making changes because you just don't care, or you don't think that that's important at all. I, nine times out of ten, that'll get you um, in <clears throat> trouble. Now, there are occasional times where um, certain projects are made in a very vague state, so that you can just flip genders, flip races, or whatever, and it won't matter. Uh, and we'll get to that because um, I have one perfect example of that um, where it actually turned out fantastic. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Um, so, you know, uh, there's been rumors for years of like Michael B. Jordan wanting to do a Superman movie and whether or not mm -hmm. it's been um, he's playing Zod's kid or another Kryptonian or just straight up Clark Kent. It's been a huge rumor on the on the thing. And I don't even know if, if it's ever been confirmed by him, but it comes up. I swear everyone's every once in a while and you know the early 2000s will smith wanted to do a superman movie as well and then he turned around and did hancock um and uh to me you know superman's been played a lot you know and uh by different actors and not all of them have been caucasian exactly i mean dean kane is half is uh is as is asian american I, I i believe uh and i think when a character has been portrayed by actors that quote unquote look like the character a lot uh i think you can have a little bit more play in the joints as far as like who you cast um because i think what the most important thing is is the story and the performance right um i wouldn't be for you know, if Michael B. Jordan was like, well, I just want to do a black Superman. And it's like, okay, well, what's the story? And it's like, it doesn't matter. It's just going to be black Superman. I'm like, 
you know, I, I don't think I could be sold on the movie just by that. But if he's like, oh, I've got a great story where we do this, 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 and this. And I'll say, yeah, it's like, hell yeah, let's just, let's do it. Um, but if, you know, I think they recently announced, or it was rumored that, that, uh, that, that guy that played Glenn in Walking Dead was going to play Sentry. And Sentry obviously hasn't appeared in um, a movie before. Yeah. Um, and people were like, Sentry's not, not, doesn't look like Steven Yoon. That's his name, right? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I get that because it, people are very visual and stuff, but at the same time, if the actor worked hard enough to try to portray the character accurately, you know, part of me would prefer they get somebody that looks a little bit more like the character for his first appearance but if we're talking characters like Batman, Dracula's is another good example where all sorts of different actors have played him. I think that there's a lot more leeway for that sort of thing. However, I also understand people that also are like, it feels like a, a handout. It's like, why are we getting a black Superman movie and not a movie about like um, John Stewart, you know, Green Lantern. Um, so I'm kind of somewhat middle of the road, but I'm, I'm also not so passionate that I need to, that I would be upset about it either way, but well, that's kind of my general opinion. Yeah. Well here, like my opinion on Steven Yeun and the whole Sentry thing is of course, like Sentry's comic book design, he's pretty much like Superman meets He-Man. Yeah. Um, and can do anything and all that other stuff. The big key with the Sentry though is that he suffers from a split personality, uh, the void. I think it's called the void. I can't remember for sure. Um, it's this really dark, evil, uh, malignant entity that it, it's kind of, he's kind of schizophrenic. Um, and if you've seen Steven Yoon in Beef or, um, oh, he I was just talking about this movie the other day. There's a movie where he's he plays an office uh manager or, or you know an office worker in this building that um accidentally leaks a like I think they do like defense contracts and stuff like that they're like big time business and there's a leak of this chemical in in the building and it makes everyone lose their control like they become impulse driven and he and this other girl have to like fight their way out of this building because the company puts it under quarantine and it's a dark it's a dark comedy but it's it's pretty awesome. I have a feeling when they were casting Sentry they were looking at those two projects and said, "Okay, he can do crazy. He can do nice guy but like loses his crap crazy." And I'm betting that's what they were going with for that because the casting of him otherwise you're it just makes no sense. It really doesn't make any sense. It's like Steven is not this bodybuilding, muscle-bound, He-Man-looking dude. And Sentry himself, outside of the problems that he has with his 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 schizophrenia or whatever you want to call it, um, is not that compelling of a character. Like, he's not, like... The, the main thing I remember him from in the early 2000s was he uh, killed Ares um, yeah. during the, the, the time where the heroes, like, went underground, the villains were like the Avengers and stuff like that. And it all kind of went to crap. Um, but other than that, like that, that's a character that 
if there are hardcore Century fans out there, they're liars. <laughs> you know, so I'm I'm at that point. I'm kind of like, if you want to shake it up and put someone in there, I don't care. And as far as Michael B. Jordan, I do love Michael B. Jordan. Almost everything he does. Now, my thing is, at this point, I would love. Oh my God, how how hilarious this would be for the fan reaction if they did a black Superman and it turned out that Krypton was all black. Like everyone who's a Kryptonite, a Kryptonian is black. And they come to this this world where all the rich white people are running everything and they see black people in impoverished. And they're like, well, that won't do. <laughs> but see, I like, I, you know, I, I get a little, I know I can be a little trolling. I, everybody will label me a troll online for like arguments that I'm just being, um, sent, you know, I'm basically just popping the, the questions they don't want to answer. But uh, yeah, that that part of me, th there is a troll in me in there that would just love to see the reaction to the people who are like, I'm so offended by this. <laughs> uh, but see, that's I mean, that's one of the reasons why I've always I love Black Panther and I'm all about Killmonger. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good in that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like that's, you, you know, that character, that's. I, I almost I'm not saying I disagree with you on that concept because I'm like I, I also think that they can have a black Batman, they can have a black Superman too. Right. Um, but do you get what I mean when I say like let's just make it black? As, yeah, as, oh as yeah. Like... There's I I mean, if you got a reason behind it, like I said, if the casting agent said I picked Steven Yoon because of the psychosis thing, not the look. Okay, fine. Or because but, he did really good in his audition, you know. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Or if he yeah. really pitched like, hey, I want to do this with this character. I have a really exciting idea and I'm passionate about it. I grew up reading this character. I mean, not Sidney, yeah. but you know what I mean? Uh, who knows? Maybe <laughs> Stephen Yoon does love Sidney. I don't know. Maybe. Um, <laughs> and I think voice acting is also something that has a lot more leeway with this sort of thing. Like, I mean, you can literally have a grown woman playing a young boy like Bart Simpson. Uh you know where the, where how the the actor quote unquote looks doesn't really matter. It's more about how they sound. Um, I mean, uh, try to think of a good example. Like I mean, um, oh, I mean they're they're actors that like I mean as uh, Kevin Conroy is the O is like the best Batman ever, um, but. Uh, He's always been like really scrawny. Um, I mean, in in the in the '90s when he got the Batman role, he did try to do um, some action sci-fi stuff. Like he did, I because I, I do vaguely remember a made-for-TV movie that was like a backdoor pilot where he was the lead. Um, but you're right; he really did kind of gravitate more towards voice acting. It, it just kind of just took off with that. And he was not really built to be like when he showed up in Arrow or Flash. Um, I think that was that was old Batman with like the super. Right. right. Yeah, that that worked because he was sort of a mix of the Dark Knight Returns and Kingdom Come Batmans where where he is. He was physically just broken. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean, the, the I think one of the biggest ones you could have um Phil Lamar of Mad TV, 
Um, he voiced uh, John Stewart in uh, Justice League and uh, Samurai Jack, an Asian man. Yep, yep, that's like, very true. Uh, and, and it's uh, and it's so funny because like I, I, I know that nowadays if they cast a Samurai Jack cartoon, they would be like, well, we have to pick an Asian actor because if we don't pick an Asian actor, there'll be outrage from everyone on Twitter, and we fear Twitter. So we have to, we have to cast, you know, someone who, who doesn't sound, they're not going to sound anything like Phil Lamar, but we need to cast an Asian actor. Um, And I'm not like, the thing is that like, I do feel that Asian Americans in Hollywood are of course, always relegated to, stereotypes always kind of looked over a lot there's there's the the funny thing about asian culture especially here in america is that for the longest time since asian culture is like known as the polite society they took white people talking smack on them and treating them like crap for centuries (laughs) like they're just like yeah it's fine that's fine whatever you know because because like you you would write you would kind of have like the racist white dude who would say something about black culture and, and then he'd get in trouble, but then he'd say something about Asian culture and then no one would say anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, I am kind of like on the fence on this one where I'd be like, well, I like Phil Lamar as Samurai Jack. I really do. At the same token, it's a new one here. We probably should give an Asian actor. It's a very, it's a very sticky situation. And, and, and then going back to like the justice league thing, here's John Stewart, this, big bold very determined black man and then you see the man behind it is this mousy little dude little <laughs> phil lamar little scrawny little marvin i just shot marvin in the face <laughs> from pulp fiction yeah you know so it it is a thing where you want to you want to cast obviously whoever's best for the role fandom in general though like people's responses in general to who whenever they cast people is like it doesn't look exactly like the comic book or the cartoon that i grew up with when i was five years old and i hate that and it's like okay but you gotta like give the performer their chance yeah then it's like once the the movie comes out you can say whatever you want well i mean not whatever you want but don't be a dick but you can have a an opinion yeah And, and i think you know, talking about uh, the bending of, of gender, like gender switch and people's reaction before it even came out, not giving them a chance. Man, Ghostbusters answer the call from 2016. Oh, boy. <laughs> that is that is one quagmire of a film when it comes to fan responses. What I don't know. You follow the angry video game nerd, James Rolfe. Uh, I know of him, but I don't follow him. Okay, I like when this movie came out, and like the five years prior, like like early two thousand tens, I fell in love with this guy. Uh, James Rolfe is a YouTuber. Um, he kind of started the video game uh, commentary. Like he would talk about a game, and he'd have like cut to him, and he'd have jokes and gags and stuff. Uh, for, at the time, it was really funny. Uh, every once in a while I watch him now, he's a little bit more reserved. He hired writers. He doesn't do, it's not quite as raw, um, as he used to be, but, um, 
and he's older now and comedians for the most part, except for George Carlin. I'm not looking at you, AI George Carlin. You don't exist. Um, but uh, James uh, kind of represents the, well, his the name of his character, the angry video game nerd. He is the comedic version of that guy who sits in his grandma's basement, types angry letters to Kathleen Kennedy telling her to quit her job or or pass away. Um, it's, it's a joke. It's, he's not like, he doesn't seriously do that kind of stuff for the most part, but I will say when Ghostbusters answer the call came out, um, he, uh, he basically said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not reviewing it. I'm not going to give it a chance. He loves Ghostbusters. Like he did a retrospective where he traveled to the firehouse and all that stuff. He's a huge fan of Ghostbusters. He did like, you know, joking toy reviews for the old, uh, Kenner stuff and everything. So he loved Ghostbusters. And when this movie came out, uh, he said he wasn't going to review it. And he got dogpiled on um, because immediately everybody jumped to like, oh, you're just saying because it's women. Women are in it. And you saw lots of reactions of people who who were just bitching and moaning because I can't believe they made it all women. I do feel that this movie is not nearly as funny as it could be. Right. It's um, awkward. I I watched it objectively, and I hate the first 10 minutes of the film. The, the, the girls aren't even... The ladies, the women. I won't call them girls, okay? I'm not, I'm not trying to talk down. They're not <laughs> even in the the opening. I found the comedy in the opening to be atrocious. <laughs> I was like, it's not really that funny, Kevin Feig, or whatever is how you pronounce his last name. He's not Faye. He's, he's not the Marvel guy. He's the other guy. <laughs> He's the other Kevin. Um, but, like, I felt like Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy and Kate McKinnon and Leslie Jones, I thought they had great chemistry. What really disgusted me was fans' reactions to Leslie Jones, like, comparing her to an ape and just constantly bullying her online. She is very funny. And I think she's a lovely lady. I don't care what these assholes say. Do you think some people just do it because they can? Do you think there's a, a section of them that's for the attention? It's not that they actually are passionate about this sort of thing? Or do you think it's a little bit of both? I think there are plenty of people out there who do that just for attention. I, I mean, um, I'm trying to think. There was a perfect example I had earlier and I lost it. Um like say for example, you go on TikTok and you say the sky is blue. There's always there's gonna be a guy. There's gonna be like, I tell you right now, I'm standing right next to you in the sky green. You know, just to be a jerk, just to get yeah. that comment, just to make like okay, I have a perfect example. Yesterday, um, Hasbro announced their latest uh Haslab uh figure for Transformers celebrating the 40th anniversary. And um I plan on backing it. I don't back most things. I don't back anything really, but I plan on backing this one. Cause this, this one I, I do absolutely love. Um, it's a fire truck Optimus prime that combines with another, uh, a car carrier into a big fig. It's pretty cool. It's $249 though. Um, it is made to order. So that's why it's expensive. Um, and I saw someone yesterday go, Oh, you laugh or laugh. Now it's at $580 a piece. What do you think about that now? And I'm like, what? And so I go, I go to the website because I was like, there's no way they started their campaign and then doubled it 
like immediately after they got like half of it back. There's no way. And I look at it, it's 249. They didn't do that. So I take a screen cap and I send it back. I'm like, um, what? What are you talking about? And a guy goes, oh, I was just telling a joke. I'm like, but it's not, you weren't funny. <laughs> like I could, I could say if you, if you said, you know, yeah, wait until the campaign's over and you got to pay 600 bucks. Uh-huh. What do you think about it then? <laughs> that makes sense. Like in the context of like you're you're ribbing the fact that it's ridiculous some of these made to order like the price gouging afterwards, but the way you framed it, you just flat out lied. You you know what I mean? <clears throat> yes. Yeah. And, and so like when I called him out on it and he, his reply was it's just a joke. Uh, I, I I didn't bother. There's no point in me replying because I realized this is a troll. You know, so there's going to be people who saw the trailer for Ghostbusters answer the call and immediately just said, girl, Ghostbusters, screw you. I'm not going to do it. Um, I feel like the James Rawls, angry video game nerd. I don't want to say that he just went straight to chauvinistic. I want to say that he saw the cynical nature of it. Like, remember when you said about casting Michael B. Jordan as black Superman, just because the cynical yeah. nature of just like, this will get us engagement because it'll outrage people and we don't care what the quality of the engagement is as long as we have engagement. I hate that so much when studios do that. I feel like these women were tacked into a project that that the, the angle really was, we're going to get some outrage in this. Because how hard would it have been to make this a legacy film like they did with Ghostbusters Afterlife? Where it's a mix of individuals or it's mostly women or it is all women, but they're being mentored by the classic Ghostbusters. Yeah. Or at least that's, it's acknowledged that they used to exist. Yeah. Or like, yeah, the Ghostbusters passed the baton. They're like, here you go. It's your wheel. Now we're too old for this crap. Um, That would have probably, you'd still get the outrage. You would still get the jerks. Like you said, the trolls who just post stuff just to get in engagement, just to get attention. But I feel like you would have, you definitely would have gotten a little bit more uh, acceptance in the community. Um, like I said, I saw a lot of angry, um, just, you know, women. I hate women. Why are women in it? You know, uh, um, and, and I, I was just like, did you even watch it? Have you watched the trailer? No, why would I waste my time with that? <clears throat> well, that's that's on you. I, I feel like James Rolfe's version of it was because he felt the cynicism in it. And I'm like, you know what? If you answer that, if you answer that way to me, like, you know what? It feels, it just feels cynical to me. I just don't know if they're, if this is just Sony just trying to resurrect a franchise because they just want a franchise, you know? Um, Reitman uh, wasn't involved. So, you know, what do I, you know? Um I can't remember the gentleman who plays Egon. Why am I? Uh, shoot. Yeah, I know indeed. who you're talking about. <laughs> Egon Spengler. Um, Harold Ramis. Okay, so when did he pass away? Okay, he did pass away before this, so he had no say in this. Obviously, yeah, that's what I thought. Um. 
But didn't the original Ghostbuster director, wasn't he still alive? I mean, he might have been an executive producer just uh, just to have so his I, name on there. So I get for not doing my research. Um, yeah, he died in 2022. He died right before um, Afterlife. Or, okay. You know, before they started Afterlife. Or, yeah, in that realm. Um, but yeah, I... I don't know. He, yeah, like you said, probably an executive producer, but he didn't direct it. He didn't have hands on on it. So, you know, it just, it's possible that I'll, that there's a good percentage of people who were like, I'm not going to give this a chance. I will say that Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd did play roles in the movie. So it wasn't like they washed their hands of this too. So obviously it's, you know. Yeah, they got bad. their check. <laughs> they got their check. They got paid. You know, Bill Murray probably more than anything because he he's unfortunately like, y- you know, when people like get mad at Kathleen Kennedy and Disney for pumping all the sequels and they hate like, like how comes we didn't have sequels before? You blame George Lucas. Well, when it comes to like Ghostbuster sequels, uh, blame Bill Murray. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if how I've I've always heard that it's that the third the quote unquote third one never that was supposed to get made before. Uh, Ramis passed away, never got made because Bill Murray didn't want to do it. I don't know how true that is, or if that's um, I mean, thing. I've done a lot of like reading of articles and stuff like that. Dan Aykroyd um, pushed for Ghostbusters three for a long time, and and I believe Murray was pushing it back quite a bit, um, mainly because of you know Ghostbusters two is pretty redundant. It's fun. But it's redundant. I, I remember when I was a kid, I was like, I don't understand. Why are the Ghostbusters like not ghostbusting at the beginning of this movie? Why are they not why is it not like the cartoon? And I was I was very kind of disappointed at, at that reception. Like now I'm like, I know why they did it. Cause they basically it's a sequel to the original. It's basically just the same script with more special effects. Um <laughs> couple extra characters, but still. Um but yeah, I, I I feel like Ghostbusters. Well, well, what did you think about the 2016 Ghostbusters? It it wasn't for me. I didn't. The humor didn't land for me. I, mm-hmm. I wanted. I really wanted to like it because I like the cast. Like you said, I thought the cast was really good. Um, but it's just like I think it's the script and the direction and the vibe that just didn't gel with me. I mean, it wasn't like. I mean, I would probably say it's my least favorite of the Ghostbuster movies, and I probably really wouldn't watch it unless it was like on in the background or somebody else wanted to watch it with me um yeah it's like like you look at like the character of um so that so they did a gender swap of uh um janine they they had uh chris hensworth playing uh kevin who you know he he answers their phone and everything later on he becomes an important character but the comedy with him where he's just dumb and aloof is so like in your face. Like it, it, it reminds me of the comedy in uh, the transformer movies where I'm like, Oh, is this meant for a 13 year old boy? Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Need a little bit more maturity here. Um, yeah. Like I, I feel like the comedy in it is very bizarre. I, I think if, you know, if Ivan Reitman, and, and and yeah, if um, I can't believe I, I'm sorry, Egon, I can't believe Harold Ramis, Harold Ramis, 
Um, and if the other, you know, if Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd, if they'd have helped with the script, you know, I think they probably could have had something. Um, I don't, I, I don't know who the screenwriters were for that. I didn't really um, see here. Uh, Katie DePold and, and Paul Fee's a director. Paul, it's not Kevin, sorry. But it's not Feige, it's Feig. Paul Feig, the director, is also the writer, and Kate Dippold. I don't, I don't know who Kate Dippold. I don't know what she's done. I'm, I'm kind of look. He did well. Paul did. He was a producer on Freaks and Geeks, so he probably did some writing on it too. And he did Spy. He did Heavyweights. He did Heat. Wow, these are not like. <laughs> yeah, he's not directed some of the best movies. I thought Heat was Heat's the one with Sandra Bullock, right? Um, it's the Heat, not Heat. I don't know what the hell. It, yeah, Sandra Bullock and that's that's probably his best one. Uh, I liked I liked that one. I don't know what Spy is. Is Spy another? Yeah, it's, he's worked with Melissa McCarthy a lot, so apparently they. Well, like I think I think they're married. Oh well, that'll that'll do it. it. It's a Miljovic Paul W S Anderson situation, maybe. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not mocking that. I mean, that, that's literally probably what it is. No, I just, I, I always love that one where it's like, Paul W. Sanders got another movie coming out. Miljovic stars. I'm like, oh, what a surprise. Rob oh. Zombie is doing a movie. Sherry Moon Zombie to lead. Okay. Hey, I mean, if they really love each other, they'll work together. Why not? I mean, it's their I, movie. Let them do whatever they want. Yeah. Well, the only problem with that, though, <clears throat> is like you're making a product to appeal to the masses. So when you start getting like, well, I just want to do things with my wife. Okay, make a small movie. <laughs> make, make some little projects on your own. Because like, there are times where I'm like, it's it's very obvious that, you know, they, they, they eh, you could definitely um, cast someone else for that. But I, I think Melissa McCarthy is a great comedic actress anyway. So I, I don't, the only time I've ever faulted her was the last season of Mike, well, it's either season three or season four of Mike and Molly when they rebooted the show, they did like a soft reboot and suddenly she was doing pratfalls and weird shit, like the goofy episodes of I love Lucy. And I was like, what are you doing? That's not, you were funny without having to make an ass of yourself. Yeah. Did you see thunder force? Thunder force. I have never heard of that. Oh gosh. You're so lucky. That's another movie with her. I think, I think Fig directed that one too. And that one was, Awful. Okay, I gotta see this. Thunder. There's like a whole bit where she pretends to be Urkel. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's oh my god! This is a Netflix exclusive movie in a world where supervillains are commonplace. Two estranged childhood best friends reunite after one devises a treatment that gives them powers to protect the city. No, he did not direct it. Ben Falcone directed it, and he wrote it. I. Jason Bateman's in this. What what is going on here? Melissa McCarthy, Olivia, Octavia Spencer, and Jason Bateman. Those are three heavy hitters. Yeah, the did movie's Netflix, bad. Did they sign a contract with Netflix and Netflix like you're going to be in this piece of crap? And like, <sighs> okay, was this produced by um, Adam Sandler? Because Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it might have been one of those things where they had a three picture deal or whatever. It, it looks bad. Jason Bateman plays the crab. <laughs> uh, he's the best part of the movie. I'll give him that. He's I'm just, sure he is because he's anything is. In... But yeah, and, and, and he worked with yeah. I knew, I knew, I knew he'd work with Melissa McCarthy with another thing, Identity Thief. So 
Yeah, that was pretty good too. She was great in that. Uh, see, see, guys, I watch more than just nerdy films. Okay, I will watch the occasional comedy and romantic comedy. Okay, I, I, I am, I am a culture. Yeah, and I, I think that goes like that ties into our point a little bit. It's like I'll, I'll watch just about anything as 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 long as I as it kind of somewhat piques my interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. You know, as far as like, you know, I get asked about the Black Superman thing all the time because that's my favorite superhero. And I think people expect me to get upset about it. And it's like, I, I really, I really, <laughs> I really don't care as long as the, the story is good. Um, and even if the movie's bad, I mean, Superman has survived bad movies before. I mean, I hope we will never get to the level of Superman 4, but I guess it could happen. That, that, reminds me. Um, that, that, that reminds me not to get off on a tangent but the other day i was sitting here with my stepson and we were watching tv and I, we were talking about something scary as a kid and he mentioned that as an 11 year old he's like i watched the strangers for the first time when i was 11 i'm like well number one thanks for making me feel old number two why the hell were you watching the strangers at 11 um that movie's freaky number three what was your scariest thing before that he's like oh when Superman fought Nuclear Man and Nuclear Man pounded him into the ground, I was so scared as a kid because he killed Superman in my head. Like in my head, I thought Superman was dead in that scene. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot that's a thing that happened. And we went on YouTube and we watched it. I'm like, is it scary now, boy? Is it okay, son? Are you all right? <laughs> He's like, no, it's fine now. It's that's super silly. I'm like, yes. Yeah, there's there's a cut of that scene i think on youtube where they did it to the 2001 a space odyssey move uh <laughs> soundtrack it's so funny because it's like because because a lot of this, the, the fight is in slow motion on the moon yes. it's mm-hmm. it's yeah. really funny um but yeah I, you know when it comes to that kind of casting, my personal opinion is casting does matter but at the end of the day, story and direction are really what, like, like we said the other day with Batman and Robin, George Clooney, you know, saying he was solely responsible for Batman and Robin sucking. I'm like, dude, there were plenty of people who contributed to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just him. And I I swear, it's like, there's part of me that wants to see it that would have loved to have seen him redeem himself as Batman. I mean, they talked about having Batman and aquaman 2 it's like why, why not just like do the george clooney one i mean and obviously you don't want to promise having affleck or keaton back but uh, why couldn't you just reshoot those scenes with clooney and, and just have it be a thing i mean we were not going back to that universe anyway so why not just do it um but uh oh i feel like we have to talk about do you do you know who rachel's rachel zeigler is Rachel Zeigler. Uh, she's been cast as Snow White. Uh, let's see. Okay, so okay. I'm gu- I'm guessing that if you if this name doesn't sound familiar, you don't you've not heard about the drama around her being cast as this character. Um, let's see. Controversial live action Snow White makes major plot change. Nope, that's Rachel Ziegler. Okay. First look at Rachel Ziegler as Snow White and Disney's new Seven Dwarfs. Well, here is, again, we're talking about 
Oh, she looks fine. I don't see the problem. But um... well, so it's not how she looks that's been the problem. It's how she's behaved promoting the movie. Like I mentioned earlier, she's uh, when you have an actor or actress that belittles the source material, it can rub people the wrong way. Personally, I don't okay. care. I'm not a Snow White fan, but I guess if if she was playing, I guess Supergirl, and was like, "Yeah, Supergirl kind of sucks," so we're gonna reinvent her. <laughs> you know. Well, you know, I I will look at it this way. Movies and story, like, people, I'm going to say this right now. I'm an advocate for nobody talking anymore in interviews, puff pieces. Like, stop it. Just stop it. <clears throat> Just be like, see the movie. Go see the movie. Go see the movie. Because nowadays, you can't, like, either A, you can't say anything without being overanalyzed. Or B, you run your mouth off like a freaking moron. Right. And you come off that way. I do feel that stories do need to reinvent themselves every once in a while. You need to um, you need to make things relevant for today's culture. You need to advance the story. Um, so recently, uh, Master Universe, uh, they put out five new episodes of a show called Master Universe Revolution. <coughs> which is a sequel to Master Universe Revelation. And for the most part, it's been received really well. There was one guy who was like, I don't understand why this is this and this and this, but the very last line is like, they need to just make it like the show, like when we watched when we were five and seven back in 83 or whatever. And I'm like, no, no. Like, like I'm trying to think, I think in my head, I'm like, okay, do you really want to see filmation style animation but like you're an adult now so i'm like do you want the exact copy of the filmation animation where like you know prince adam's like i'm prince adam of grayskull and this is my helpless pet of uh, a uh, cringer and you know like like did that jovial... more like did they did thanos zap all the dvds and digital copies and blu-rays out of existence to every nerd out there Anytime something new is made out of an old property, Thanos blinks out of existence their entire childhood. <laughs> right. <laughs> their entire childhood's gone. Um, it's been it's been R-worded, it's been essayed, um just to death. Just just, you know, it's it's been destroyed because someone dared to make a new product for for old audiences and specifically to get new audiences. Look, I mean, you can watch it and not like it, like you know, you know, but it's just like if you're complaining that it's not like how it used to be, I mean, change is, is inevitable and, you know, just don't watch it. I mean, you don't have to like go on a huge tangent on it. You know, the, the old stuff is still there. That's another thing is if this, if, if a, another Superman movie comes out and it's just, if Superman legacy is just terrible, and the Michael B. Jordan thing comes out and that's terrible. It doesn't destroy Superman's, film legacy the other films are still there um and i'm also like one of those fans that's like you know i'm not crazy about all the star wars movies but even the ones that i kind of dislike don't ruin the ones that i really love like i think last jedi would probably be my least favorite of the bunch but i could still watch empire strikes back without the experience being ruined you know what i mean right it's it's yeah, I didn't. Whenever I left the Phantom Menace, 
back in 99, I didn't go home and throw all of my Star Wars memorabilia, books, comic books, action figures. I didn't throw them in the trash and light them on fire because this new thing came out. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't lose my mind. Um, but these guys, they, they tend to do that. And the thing with Snow White, like, I don't mean to be, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to sound like a dismissive jerk off here. Uh, I give two rats asses about Snow White itself. Like Snow White's been reinterpreted in the last couple of years on a bunch of different projects in the last 20, 30 years. I guess this is an ad- also the adaptation of the original animated thing from Disney, mm-hmm. you know, and I think a lot of people are like, well, this is the thing that saved disney back in the 30s so it should be treated with respect so i think that's why people are quote unquote upset or at least that's what they're saying well i'm not like advocating for them i'm just saying like right. I, i'm not saying that i've been like i agree with them because <clears throat> i think i'm like i'm with you i i don't care as long as the performance is good and snow white is another character like you just said that has been played by i mean a ton of different people over the ages. I mean, it, Sigourney Weaver played her in the eighties. Yeah. And well, I think she also played the witch in a different version of, I could be wrong. Whether it's stepmother. Um, I, I feel like, like my biggest argument is, is Disney, will you please stop redoing your old movies? I know you're not going to stop. Could you please stop? You're not going to do it. Okay. Yeah, fine. That's another, that's like a whole nother discussion too. It's like that. Yeah. That's another thing. It's, it's just lazy. Yeah, but what what is her nationality like? Um, I I don't want to say it and be wrong. Let me look it up. Uh, like I I because I vaguely remember people losing their mind when she got cast, but um, she is. Cl- of Colombian and Polish heritage. Yeah, I could see some people flipping out about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I'm sure. I, I mean, look at it this way: every time, the yeah, well, okay, perfect example of like ignorant fanboy responses to you know, a, a casting, casting a person of, of color <clears throat> in something or a different, like besides Ghostbusters with Leslie Jones, um, the uh, Rose from Star Wars, Last Jedi. Oh, um, yeah. And that was an original character, too. It wasn't like... It was an original three- character, but it was also another female. And it was also, a, a I believe she's Korean. Um, yeah. You know... And and she was the new love interest for Finn, kind of shoehorned in there. I feel bad for her because she got shoehorned in there, and J.J. Abrams was like, I don't want anything to do with her, and kicked her right back out. Um, at least they didn't kill her. Um, but, uh, <laughs> the, the opening crawl, Rose is dead, no hope is left. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm surprised he didn't, uh, considering that movie is such an apology to the fans who lost their shit. Um, but, but the, the outrage was so bad with her being cast in a Star Wars film and not being pretty enough or white enough for these guys. It it actually led her to like go offline. And and I'm like, this is, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, something simpler, simpler, similar 
happened uh, last year with the actress that portrays Ada Wong in the Resident Evil 4 remake. Because uh, people have, have this romanticized version of Ada Wong in the original RE4. I thought she was fine. Like, I, I, I didn't love or hate her. I mean, Ada's also a character that I'm not like super in love with to begin with. Um, but it's just they went and like bullied her voice acting because they're like, you're too, she's too wooden. And I was like, yeah, it is like a cold-blooded killer. What do you expect? But whatever. Um, so she also went online. It's a Capcom game. I do not expect good performances in a Capcom game. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I will. The guy that played Leon was freaking amazing. Um, I think some of the more recent voice acting is quote unquote better than some of the older ones. Uh, I mean, there's still like the cheesiness too, but um, that's that. But not to get on like that tangent. But you know, it's it's another thing where it's just like people bully these poor actors and actresses offline and it's just like it's just like it's it's horrible yeah and, and i and i will say this like when i when i'm saying capcom acting is terrible it's video game acting like yeah, yeah, yeah i know i'm coming off like a person who's not a real fan i'm like like general like like people are like oh i don't watch cartoons because they're silly so i refuse to watch clone wars you know that kind of thing I'm not trying to be that guy but I, I do have a very low bar when it comes to Resident Evil games and comes to voice acting. I really do. I'm like, I almost want it to be bad. Like, I almost like, you know what? I need more Jill Sandwich in my life. All right? I mean, they're, they're B-movies, right? Like, yes. I mean, I mean, Leon still says, where did everybody go? Bingo. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and sure, I think they they flesh out the character relations a lot better, but they still keep the heart of what makes RERE in, in the early days. Yeah, I, I, I'm not I'm not looking for an Academy Award performance in a in a Resident Evil game remake or not. So the idea of bullying an actress because they're a new actress, they're not the same. It's like get out of here. You hear that? The all six of you. If you if you're one of those people, get out of here. I'm done with you. <laughs> hey, don't bully us on Instagram. <laughs> um, but you know, like like one of the things that that's happened in comic books in the last thirty years, off quite often in the last like ten years or so, uh, is doing female versions of characters and, um. That's nothing like, new. I it's mean, nothing. It's nothing new, but it is funny how there's been this uptick and people be like, "Oh, the the woke agenda, Marvel's woke agenda." Like, like for example, we we have our like the the one of the first like clear and concise kind of cynical moves in Marvel took place in like the seventies with She Hulk. Or like stands like, well, I, I need a female superhero and I want to expand. Screw it, I'll make a female Hulk. <laughs> yeah, it's and, and that's pretty much it. Like, there's nothing amazing about the origin of She-Hulk, but um, you know, when the TV show came out in recent years, <clears throat> you wouldn't believe the amount of outrage TikTokers and YouTubers put out. Like, oh, now Marvel's just slapping a war, you know she in front of the hulk to make a hulk i can't believe this is a new low for the woke disney mind virus bullshit i'm like 
these are people that clearly know nothing about comic books. <laughs> it's like She Hulk is a is a very old character. Yeah, she's been around. Um, that too. Yeah, that's true. She has banged many a superhero. Um, but but it is it is kind of funny that like the, these guys when they bring up because there's a lady Deadpool. There's been, you know, Captain Marvel used to be a dude. He pa- he passed away, and there's a female Captain Marvel nowadays. That's actually pr- pretty old. Um, obviously, Superwoman. The idea of a Superman, but Superwoman. You know, there's, there's so many different versions of her. Yep. Uh, Lady Thor. I'm sure there were a lot of people when Thor: Love and Thunder came out. Were like, what the hell is this? I'm like, yep, nope. Uh, that character has been around. Lady Thor's been around for a couple years. Sorry. Now, one thing I didn't know. Did you know there was a Lady Punisher? Uh, no, but that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, there was a Lady Punisher. Um, I mean, they see. did Frankencastle, so I mean, yeah, yeah, I love, I love Frankencastle. It's super awesome. Um, there was a Lady Punisher. I don't know what years. This article is not telling me anything. Damn you! <laughs> there's been a Lady Punisher. Obviously, there's been a Batwoman. Um, the Batwoman. Was it Batwoman or Batgirl introduced in the Adam West show first? It was Batgirl. Batgirl. Um, but Batwoman had actually been in the comic books, uh, Catherine Kane, for a long time. But um, other characters such as X-23, obviously. Um, X-23 was a cartoon character first. She was in X-Men Evolution. And there was, oh, like, the kids loved her. They loved her so much that Marvel's like, well, it's fine. We're putting her in the comic books. I've never heard anyone talk smack on X-23. Now, I know a couple years back they killed off Wolverine for a hot second. As they do. As as one does. And she took over as Wolverine. I don't remember how hotly contested that was. If anybody got mad, I'm sure there was some guy. There had to be some guy who... um you know, there were, there was some guy out there like, this is bullshit. I hate it. But, you know, um, here's one. I don't know if you you heard of back in the back in the 90s, early 2000s or whatever. Um, Guy Gardner, the Green Lantern character, um, when he was doing his Guy Gardner warrior thing, he was no longer Green Lantern. Um, he ran into a supervillain that turned him into a uh, gal gardener. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's this uh, like just a picture I'm looking at from DC comics. The title of the book is a gender bender in the blender. Oh God. That sounds incredible. <laughs> and, and it's guy is, is in a bathrobe and like the justice society characters are surrounding him. And they're like, guy, and uh, his 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 boobs are hanging out practically out of the robe, like one shoulder's exposed. And I'm like, yeah, this is the forward thinking uh, book I was I was hoping for. I can't yeah. really tell. This is gonna <laughs> this is gonna open some minds to this. <laughs> well, I, I guess it could be funny because Guy Gardner is kind of a douche. So uh, I guess seeing his reaction I- suddenly being turned into a woman could be funny. I've never read it. I have half of mine. My friend, my friend Mikey Wood, uh, fellow comic creator, 
he owns so many DC comic books. I should ask him. I'd be like, um, can you tell me about the Gal Gardner saga? <laughs> like, what was that like when Guy Gardner suddenly lost his penis and gained boobs? <laughs> like, were there like whole episodes of him stuck in a closet masturbating or what? Trying to figure out how everything works or was it, you know, was it tasteful? I know it's not tasteful. Okay, I already really know the answer. But... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, hey, it's it's okay to be tasteless and funny sometimes, but it's just like, geez, you gotta do it just right. When with yeah. the right characters. I mean, it's not I mean, Guy Gardner's no I mean, he's 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 a douchebag. I mean Yeah. There's a reason Batman knocked him out. Yeah. That's true. Famous, famous illustration of him getting his, his head pounded in. I, I guess apparently in Archie they did a whole thing called the Great Switcher. <laughs> this, this, see, that's that's the thing. It's like it's it's very weird when they do magical gender bending um, things. You know what I mean? Like it's actually part of the storyline. Like magically, Archie's a girl now, and the girls are are guys. And or I guess. Sub- Sabrina did some magic on them. Yeah. And that's what happened. Um, because I'm like, it's a teen romance book, and that's gotta be freaky weird. <laughs> <laughs> or in Scooby-Doo when the, the gang gets their gets all swapped up, like Fred gets put in Daphne's body. Yeah, that's uh that's I don't know if I ever wanna like <laughs> I'm not writing an issue of that in in my Dark Hearts book where they do gender switches. That's not that's that's a little too crazy these days. I think um, with responses of like how serious of an issue it can be, um, and uh, yeah, yeah, there could be a lot of things there. But um, is there any famous comic book gender swaps that you are like, hey, this sucks. I hate it. Uh, not really. Um, I guess I mean, yeah. I remember, I grew up in the '90s, so it's like Batgirl and Supergirl had been around for decades mm. by that point. So that, it was yeah. just part of culture. So, um, they've gotten better about that sort of thing. Like, I mean, I. Well, Mary Marvel wouldn't be a good example because she was also an older one too. But you know what I mean. But uh, yeah, no, not not really. I wish I could have a more exciting answer than that. But I think that that's my attitude towards this whole thing. It's just like I'm kind of just I'm not super passionate about it. Like I have an opinion, but I'm also like not married to that opinion. I feel like I could be somewhere mostly in the middle. So what you're telling me is, is that we don't really have a very controversial uh, podcast today because you're not going to be like sitting in your chair uh, and be like, you know what grinds my gears? Women thinking they can be heroes. They need to be in the kitchen. <laughs> and, and nobody pulled this. This, this. this is a joke. This is a joke. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Why uh, did you I mean... say this in a podcast recording? The... <laughs> I, 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 I'm just going to say this right now. I I make the breakfasts and lunches in this house. I help make the dinners. I wash. I I, I wash clothes. I, I I cook. I clean. So I am all about gender equality. Uh, my wife is the main breadwinner. I make the side money. So um, 
everybody's relationships are different too. So I don't get like these people that are like, well, it has to, your marriage has to be exactly like mine. It's like, that's not how humanity works. And it's like, if it works for these two people, it's like, what do you care? It doesn't affect your life. <clears throat> I, I saw a TikTok video the other day of a woman who's like, you know what one of my really bad icks is? I hate I hate these videos. Every time a woman does like, you know what an ick? Because I, I, I say that I'm not trying to be sexist. Every video I've seen is a woman going ick. I don't see a guy go, you know what my ick is? I'm like, okay. Um, I said, my ick is when a guy says that he finds my independence sexy. Like, seriously? You find that I'm independent? That is gross. I don't want to be around you. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, shouldn't you be empowered by that? Right. That he's comfortable enough to say, like, wow, that's amazing that you are so independent. You don't, you're not going to, you're not going to need me for that. You can, you can handle your own business. Like, that's, that's, and I know there's guys out there who are like that because I flipped to another video where dude's like, you can't date anyone that weighs two thirds your body weight or more because you need to be able to hold them. And if you can, and if you can hold them, they need to realize that at any minute you could kill them. <laughs> you okay. could unalive them. I'm like, what? I'm like, has somebody opened a file on this guy? Uh, FBI, you need to do a watch list on this sucker, okay? Yeah, it's has... like it's like in this random interview I, I heard on the radio with Matt Walsh where he's like, he, he doesn't think that love is a important component to a marriage. And I'm like, somebody check in on his wife. Is is he the one in the video where his wife is pregnant and she just wants to use the car? And he's like, they only have one car because he likes to keep her under his thumb. And he's like, that doesn't work for me either. I, <laughs> I think that is the guy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like there's, I... a, there's a video of a guy, and I'm pretty sure it's Matt Walsh, where his pregnant wife just wants to borrow the car. They only have one car, even though he is like a world-famous podcaster youtuber he's got money like they have money but they only have one car and it's, it's to keep her under thumb and he's smoking a cigar and he's blowing smoke in her face and he's like oh yeah you want to just use the car what if i have to go see my friends what if i want to go visit my friends and she's literally going and she's like eight months pregnant with his, his like twin kids or some crap and she's like i just i need to get groceries for us if you, you can i please borrow the car i'll be right back it's not a big deal and and she kept trying to negotiate. And at one point, he just whines like, "That doesn't work for me either." It's freaking hilarious. Also sad though. Also like, man, you need to get a divorce, lady. You you need to get away from him because it's psychotic. <laughs> um, yeah, I do feel like in the year year twenty twenty four, gender norms should be very fluid at this point. Like, you just kind of be like, "I like you, you like me, we help each other out, we work as a partnership." My wife and I, we are partners. We always have been. And it kind of leads to me to my next um, thing I wanted to talk about. I know I said we keep this short, so, but uh, I don't know how many other topics you got going on over there. But I think we covered the race swapping thing pretty well. I think we have, I don't think we disagree that much. I feel like we're, <clears throat> um, we're pretty much on the same page. And correct me if you think I'm wrong, that, you know, as long as, the most important thing is the story and keeping the core of what the character is. And I mean, cop books have played with, let's go back to Superman with different versions of him, whether he's evil or, or uh, raised in Russia 
or whatever. So it's like, there's a lot you can do with fictional characters. And again, they're fictional characters. I mean, there's obviously like more argument you can make uh, for like casting uh, actor uh, that looks nothing like a historical figure. Like we cast Denzel Washington to play Abraham Lincoln. That would be very different. Um, but, you know, again, these are fictional characters. And I think ones that have been portrayed a lot, you know, you can have different versions of them. Yeah. I, I, and I will say, you know, one last point I want to make about like storytelling and stuff like that. It's like, there are stories that are specifically geared towards one's gender, obviously Wonder Woman. So before anyone comes to me, what if Wonder Woman was cast as a man? I'm like, shut up, just, just shut up. <laughs> just shut your mouth. Yeah, you know, and, um, and, and to flip that, you you have to have Steve Rogers as a blonde, blue-eyed guy because that was Hitler's idea of a perfect human being. So having that person go up against him is symbolic. There's that, but there's also like there's the they introduced him in the Falcon and Winter Soldier, the first uh, black. Uh, what is his name? Super Soldier, like Isaiah. Isaiah Jones, is that his name? I think so. I could be wrong. Sorry, guys, if we're wrong. Um, you know, you do have that moment there of great historical reverence. And and, and you shouldn't be offended by that. That's the other thing. It's like, y you know, there's this big movement nowadays where, like, white people are afraid to hear that, like, people, white people 100 years ago were, like, incredibly crappy. Yeah. Which is funny because being afraid of knowing that white people were incredibly crappy kind of makes you crappy. And you can't like, you can't hold people of the past uh, accountable to today's standards. That's something that I've I read that I've heard that I'm like, yeah, that that makes sense. Like you can't make sense. But I do find it funny when white people get upset about hearing about it. It doesn't like, bother my, me. I know. Well, I know. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm fully aware that Caucasians can be crappy even to this day. So it, it does make me laugh when there's people with outrage about like, oh, well, why is this? Like, I saw a guy the other day. He's like, I was flipping through Netflix and there were submenus that said Black History Month, films to watch for black actors, black directors. But why is this? I feel like this is more separating than anything. Like, why did they, you know, why, why is it they're doing this? They're just trying to make us angry. I'm like, why are you angry? Like, that's my answer. I'm like, dude, it's on my app too. And you know what? Some of these films are great. And, and actually, a lot of these films are great. And all, the reason why there's a Black History Month is not to tout how superior they are to you or anything like that. It's that nine times out of ten, white people get the majority of the spotlight anyway. That's yeah. like statistically proven, okay? Yeah. You can't even, like, act like, well, I watched, I flipped a channel the other day to BET, and it made me feel really inferior. But you don't watch BET, do you? Like a percentage of people who watch, say, NBC versus BET. Yeah. And I guarantee you they have a very small fraction of the pie. Shut your mouth. <laughs> you know who Daryl Davis is? Uh, you keep throwing names at me today, and I'm off my game. Who is Daryl Davis? So Daryl Davis is an activist who, uh, I, I believe that's how, I believe that's his name, uh, who befriends people that are in the Ku Klux Klan. He's a, he's a black guy. And okay. he'll I've, basically I've heard of him turn them. What's that? Uh, now that you mentioned, I'm like, okay, I think I know where this is going. Great guy. Going. Great, very brave person. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so I saw an interview with him where he's like, we should do away with Black History Month. And, and the interview is like, what do you mean? 
And he's like, well, we should teach black history year round. We should teach just, just history. You know, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's important enough where it shouldn't just be relegated to one month. It should be year round. We should just teach history. And I can see that point too. Yeah, I totally get that point. The only problem with that is um, big old Whitey in the big house won't do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, in a perfect world, his point, I mean, oh, makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Uh, my my <laughs> counterpoint is that unfortunately we do not live in a perfect world, so we kind of need to have something like that. It's like, it's like when people get mad about um, Pride Month, and I'm like, you know, I argue the same factors. Like, you know, if we do away with Pride Month, it needs to be Pride all year long. Like, I need to be able to say, like, you know, with uh, my my, you know, with my stepdaughter who's trans, she she needs to be able to go out and just be who she is. She doesn't have to say she's trans, but she doesn't need to have someone come up and try to throw a bottle at her, or, you know, s do horrible things. Whatever. I don't want to really say that. I don't want to put that out in the air. Um, <clears throat> as is any other, you know, gay or bisexual person out there, um, they shouldn't need to feel that they got to keep quiet, keep themselves, you know, and that's, that's why that month exists. That month exists because nine times out of 10, you won't let them speak their mind. So if you want, you know, if you feel like if your argument is that, well, I just feel like it's gross. It's like, it's in my face or whatever, like, yeah, and that's why it's going to keep existing. Until you open up your heart and be, you know, be open-minded to people who are different than you. And again, like that that man that you just mentioned, Daryl, was it Daryl? Daryl Davis. Or Darryl is Davis. it Davis or Davies? Uh, Daryl Davis, Daryl Davies. That gentleman gets in the face of people who are bigots. And he's like, get to know me. Get to know me. And nine times out of ten... At the end of the day, they realized they were stupid for being bigoted. Like, it makes no sense. He's a human being. They're all human beings. These, you know, the, these ideas that people are like, you cast so-and-so for that part? Ah, oh, it drives me nuts. I, it, it does frustrate me. The only time I get mad is if the performance is horrible. Like, I don't know. Like, perfect example... Uh, Matthew Broderick and the Godzilla movie, 1998. I hate that. We always come back to that. I know that's my running <laughs> gag. Um, God, would would you like a cup of tea? That's a lot of fish. But you remember his lines, though. Oh, they smell the fish on us. <laughs> he, he's a she. Oh, she's pregnant. <laughs> but you remember his lines. You don't remember any of uh, what's his face's lines from the 2014 Godzilla movie. So at least he's memorable. Oh, um, Aaron, is it Aaron Taylor? Aaron Taylor Johnson. Aaron Taylor Johnson or whatever. Yeah, he sucks. He's boring. Um, I will say Matthew Broderick is, is memorable in his crappiness. (laughs) He's like singing in the rain. Because, you know, he does Broadway singing. So, like, oh, they got to have him sing a little bit. I'm like, yeah, but he sucks in this. It's horrible. <laughs> He's not doing his Lion King performance in Godzilla, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. So, basically, what I'm trying to say is you can hate on Matthew Broderick from Godzilla 1998, but you can't hate on anything else, people. Okay? But don't that's bully it. him on Instagram. He seems like a lovely person. I, I mean, 
yes. I was going to say something very dark about his past, but I'll, I'll, I'll shut up. I don't know about his past, so that would be news to um, me. I've just, I've just seen um, interviews, and he seems like a nice enough guy. He was involved in a car accident in his youth, I believe, at the cost of one or two people's lives. Um, <clears throat> it was an accident. It's an accident. I have seen people like troll him about that before. Don't, oh, don't troll yikes. people, okay? Don't come at him. He is. He did get off with, I think, absolutely no punishment. But, um, <laughs> all right, this got dark real quick. Um, <laughs> hey, one example of gender fluid um, film genre: Alien and Aliens. In the original script, they made a point to make sure that everything was unisex. So like you could cast either men or women for each role. It didn't matter. Um, only like during filming, did they start filming a little, like coming up with scenes of like sexual tension between certain characters. Which but, they mostly cut. Yeah, which was mostly cut out anyway. And then in Aliens, if you, um, if you look at the um, charter of each of the crew members from the Salako, or not the Salako, um, the Nostromo. Uh, when you get to Lambert's character on the file, uh, it lists her as trans. Um, they actually say, like, you know, gender, female, former male uh, in the thing. That was in 86 they put that on there. I've never noticed that. I'll have to watch that scene and see if I can spot it. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I mean, James Cameron, that just means that James Cameron, he don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so there, you, if, if you need a gender fluid film franchise to go to, you're like, well, nobody, it doesn't matter who's male, female, whatever. What matters is the story and the acting. The alien franchise has got you covered. Ripley is, I mean, one of the greatest, it, she might be my favorite film character ever. Um, but just like what's when she's arguing with the captain, it's not a woman arguing with a man. It's just a crewmate, two crewmates that disagree has nothing to do with their genders, and, and I love that. <clears throat> I mean, all the way up to, like, Alien 3, when <clears throat> she is confronting the, like, all the murderers and the essayers in that prison, and she's talking to Charles Dutton, and he's like, you don't want to get to know me, lady. I am a murderer, and I'm an R-wordist. And she just sets her tray down. She's like, that must make you feel uncomfortable, huh? Yeah, it's like, I mean, they do kind of make her shave her head to make her look less feminine. I mean, well, it's for the lice, but yeah, yeah. it's definitely very unisex vibes there. But even even the scene where you know they 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 do attack her, she's still fighting back, right? And you hear her, and she's like, "Damn it, let me go!" And you know she's you know she's pushing back and fighting. And I have a feeling like if they didn't, if they weren't going to finish her off, if she was alive afterwards, say Charles Dutton didn't, didn't come to the rescue, she probably would have stalked every one of them and uh, punched their tickets. <laughs> <clears throat> Guaranteed, she would have she would have ended them um, because she don't take crap. <laughs> so we we love we love Ripley. We love the Alien franchise. Highly recommend. We don't love Matthew Broderick from Godzilla 1998. <laughs> Any other uh, final thoughts on this? 
Uh, I thought you said you had something else you wanted to talk about real quick. Uh, Alien was the thing, so oh. I actually got that out of my system. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think we covered it pretty well. <clears throat> All right. So this was our super serious discussion. Um, next week, uh, what are we talking about again? I don't think we picked a topic. Well, wasn't there a choice between this and something else? Oh, uh, Roger Corman's Fantastic Four? Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. The other day we did our uh, little sampling of 90s superhero movies. Now we're going to talk about a superhero movie that was supposed to come out in the 90s, but didn't. And some of the reasons why. We're going to talk about that next week. Um, Have you seen the documentary on that movie? Yes, I have. Yes, Great documentary. Is it on Tubi? I think so. Was either on Tubi or Amazon, but um, yeah, we're. Uh, I'll probably rewatch that for a little parcel. I, I have the bootleg somewhere. It's probably in storage. Oh, um, I've got the Blu-ray. <laughs> oh, the Blu-ray. Uh, well, I will say, like that that movie was a rite of passage. If you went to Comic Cons in the late '90s, early <laughs> 2000s, you had to buy a bootleg of that. Like you had to. The, the, it was it was a bootleg of that, or all the Godzilla movies that were coming out at the time that they didn't release here in America at the time. Um, so you know, th- there was a special time back then getting movies that like nobody was supposed to see. <laughs> so uh, let the people know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at uh, Alex Ross, aka Charles Ross. I'm also on um, Instagram. Uh, my girlfriend and I are going to be recording our anniversary episode for B-Movie Bingo here in a couple weeks. I can't say what we're watching because it's a surprise for her. Um, so I'll just leave it at that. All right. Chopping Mall it is. Uh, <laughs> I just like throwing Chopping Mall around conversations lately. <laughs> anyway, um, you can find me. Um, obviously besides here on Roy's Rants on a podcast called From Our Couch which you can find on Apple uh, iTunes, Spotify and Amazon Music where uh, me and my family talk about uh, reality TV Uh, we're going to branch into Marvel we're going to do Marvel Phase 1 this weekend and we also have interviewed people from Big Brother Uh, you can find me at Croctopus Art on tpublic.com to pick up some t-shirt designs, I believe we have 87 designs up there right now um you can also find me on instagram as roy uh roy stiffy sorry for the difference in branding i really gotta really work on that as well as facebook and x as croctopus art so say goodbye to everybody alex uh take care everybody all right see ya